There are things that I am sufficient in. There are fewer things that I'm good at. And then there are fewer things that I'm great in. And there are very few things that I'm excellent in. But one of those things is getting on my wife's nerves. And today I sit down with a couple that talk about what it's like when your spouse gets on your nerves. They talk about what it's like to bicker, what it's like to disagree, and what it's like to overcome these disagreements. Today I sit down with Noah and Cassidy Eisenhower, and we talk about marriage. I hope you enjoy the show. All things true. I'm your host, Cody B. Today we have two very special guests. I'm here with Noah and Cassie Eisenhower. Noah is the uh, youth minister. At, no, I'm sorry, not youth minister. He's the preacher at the Ella Church of Christ, and he's been married to Cassie. How long have y'all been married? We're coming up on three years. Coming up on three years. They've been married for three years, so not quite newlyweds, but still not very long either. Um, it's so great to have y'all on the show. We've had no one on the show before. We, we talked to him about uh, the role of elders and deacons and the qualifications in, 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 in one episode last season. But Cassie, it's great to have you here this time. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so, Cassie, how did y'all meet? Well, um, there's a little camp out in Valonia, Arkansas called Camp Areopagus. And um, we have some mutual friends, Paige and Spencer Cromwell, and they asked Noah to help him direct that year. And I'd always counseled for them, so I was a counselor. And so we met at Areopagus in June of 2018 and then got married in June of 2019. So we did it pretty quick, but. (laughs) So y'all were, y'all met and you dated and you were engaged all in one year. And married, yes. <laughs> and married, and got married all in one year. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Holy cow. So y'all knew. <laughs> yep. So how did that I, conversation, okay. All right, so three months <laughs> you were engaged. How did that conversation go with y'all's parents? Well, she informed me. No, actually, it was after the first time I met her parents. <laughs> she, this was like a couple weeks into us dating. She informed me the next day that her mom had been already looking at wedding venues. Well, no, she had. <laughs> <laughs> My mom has always wanted me to be a preacher's wife. She's like, I always knew you'd be a preacher's wife. So as soon as I bring a preacher home, the next day she sends me a list of five venues, five photographers, um, and five like dress places to go to and their availability for the next year. And uh, we laughed and I was trying to fill him out to see how he felt about it. Cause I was kind of thinking that way. And he was kind of like, he didn't hesitate. And I was like, Oh, okay. We might do this sooner than we thought. And then um, I ended up using all of those lists about a month later. <laughs> Holy cow. So, <laughs> so mom was pushing this. No, what about your parents? what did they say? What <laughs> Hey, I met Cassidy, and now I'm engaged to her, and now we're marrying. Well, I mean, we're pretty much engaged before we even met her, so, you know, they were a little... It's too late. Didn't matter. It was strange, but um, they trusted my judgment, and they got to meet her, and I think they fell in love with her pretty quickly, so... I'm pretty easy to love, Cody. (laughs) Well, very good. Very good. So, 
all right, well, we're going to fast forward a little bit here. I didn't realize y'all <laughs> met and got engaged and married that quickly. So yeah. <laughs> you're married, you're newlyweds, well, and you've all... Go ahead. Um, one thing was funny about it is, you know, we were, we felt so awkward about it. And we were, I was at Mableville at the time and several of the old people, I, would, I was sitting and talking with them and found out, you know, we were actually uh, behind schedule compared to how a lot of them got married. Oh yeah. And it seemed to work out for them. Um, and you then married 50, 60 years. Oh, I know. See, and some people don't know about this, about my parents, you know, my parents have been married for, Ooh, I'm going to get in trouble if I don't know the number. <laughs> um, see, JP's 36. They've been married for 37 or 38 years this coming December. Um, but they they actually met in June, um, got engaged after two weeks, and then got married that December. So they did it faster than uh, yeah. It was, oh, it was yeah, quick. We knew, people. we knew people. Two weeks to two months. I mean, it was, yeah. Yeah. Um, but again, just different culture, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not unheard of. It's just, it's rare to see that happen in the 21st century. Um, so what was that like only knowing each other for a year and now you're, did you feel like you, I mean, two weeks to three weeks to six weeks into your marriage, did you feel, did you still, did you feel like you knew each other? well enough to get married did you regret that decision of, of well, going so quickly i'll be honest when i what found was... out about her prison sentence after oh. we got married i was a little offended she didn't tell me no, I'm just kidding. wait what? Uh, you found I out said, about what her prison sentence you know i didn't realize how dry his sense of humor was until after we got married i will say <laughs> But no, what was unique about mine and Noah's relationship early on was we never watched TV together. We never watched movies, which not that those things are bad, but every time I got to spend with him, we were constantly talking and it was deep conversations from the very first conversation um, after camp. It was, you know, what have you been through? What do you see your future as? What do you want for your life? Because we were both in that place where we had come out of serious relationships before and we didn't really want to waste our time again or go through that again. And so, you know, we hit the hard questions first and made sure we were compatible. And then, you know, the feelings came with that. And um, obviously I was attracted to him being a minister. And we get tickled the first time I stepped foot into um, our old congregation before I could even get in the door. Someone was like, um, are you sure you want to be a preacher's wife? Because the last one didn't. So I just need to make sure. And I was like, well, I'm here. <laughs> so, yeah, I was attracted to The last to that. one didn't. That's funny. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Hopefully she doesn't watch this. But... <laughs> <laughs> and that was at Mableville. Uh, yeah. So, man, I've got so many questions for y'all that I can ask y'all. I wasn't able to ask Dakota or, or Rod. No, what was it like dating as a minister? We're going to get a lot more of this next week, but what was it like dating as a minister? Um, I mean, it's different because you have to think about a lot of things that most people don't think about because of your influence and I mean, just small things that I don't know if I have any specific examples, but, but some things you just gotta, you know, be more careful about. Well, I mean, just little things like, you know, obviously um, there's things on Sunday night sometimes that, um, that come up where you would like to be at their church with them and you can't do that. And, yeah, um, you know, uh, just more, 
conflicts on weekends when we were kind of dating mid-distance. She lived in Conway, so it wasn't far, but I was in Southwest Little Rock, but it's still about an hour. So we had to be more strategic about our time together because, you know, I couldn't go up and stay with a friend in Conway for the weekend because I had to be back for Sunday. So mm -hmm. yeah. there's some of that that's challenging. And I would um, say too, when we first were talking and stuff, we wanted to make sure that we were really serious before we before I stepped foot into that church, because like as a minister, you know, everybody loves him and everybody wants him to get married. And, you know, so we wanted to make oh, sure yeah. that we were ready for that step before everybody else started pressuring us. And too, with, he's a preacher now, but he was in youth ministry. So like we had to think of, okay, these girls and um, the youth ministry can get attached to me. So we want to be oh, yeah. of their feelings as well. And so we wanted to make sure that we were really serious before we yeah, made but that the preface that we didn't wait that long. Well, <laughs> so it ended up being like three weeks, but yeah. No, but but with with long term relationships, when you are dating for a year, for a year and a half, um, sometimes you people, I mean, people often date for that long, and it doesn't work out. And right. and in that time period, youth groups can get attached to right to to her and. It's it, it it could be trouble if if there is a if there is a breakup. Um, no one, <laughs> me and Allie, you know, I was single when I first started here at Perryville, and, and me and Allie were dating for a while. Um, and then when we first got engaged, she quit coming as much on Sunday nights because she wanted to spend more time with her parents because mm -hmm. we also live an hour away. You know, her parents live over there by y'all in Mount Vernon, um, mm -hmm. and. Uh, well, once we got engaged, uh, the few months leading up to the wedding, she quit coming on Sunday nights to Perryville as much. And, and one of the youth groups asked his mom, said, where's Allie? Is she okay? Is she sick? Like, she, he had gotten so used to seeing her that he had, they had gotten attached. And, you know, you know Allie. Everybody loves yeah. her. Um, yeah. But, yeah, that's a real, that's a real thing. Um, oh, yeah. I'll say that, too. Is, um, that's just – part of it I guess people expect as soon as you start dating someone that as a minister that you you're already married and so like they expect them to be there at all the services and yeah they're trying to they're trying to get you at the they're trying to get you at the yeah. uh, the arbor Cassidy was working uh for Robin no for sure for bears for Christ and so she had obligations on a Sunday too because she was working for a church yeah so as they're like where's Cassidy at? why isn't she here I'm like well she's also working for a church so she can't just drop everything because she really <laughs> won't marry yet you know like dating <laughs> Um, and I was like, she also lives an hour away. Right. Just that, I would say that's another challenge. It was hard. Already putting expectations, um, expectations on um, even a girlfriend or fiance of a minister. You know? Yeah, which I've always embraced. Like, I I've always been in ministry, loved it, never missed a youth group event. Like, that's just always been my life. So, like, I don't mind. You know, I don't. You know, people expect me to be there, and I am going to be there because I want to be there. Um, but it was hard being engaged and working at a different church and not being able to be fully present at his ministry yet. All right. Well, let me ask y'all this. You, you get married, you're married for, I don't, I don't know how long you're married. And then you move from Mabelville to Enola. <laughs> what was it like transitioning as, I guess, how long were y'all married when y'all made that move? A year? Nine months. You were married for right nine in, months. We were married nine months, and then COVID hit. And yeah. then two weeks, two weeks later, we were offered the job at Enola. So we had to tell our Mabelville family goodbye over the phone and over a video. And so oh, I still crazy. haven't gotten to hug them. It's been, what, two years? And I still haven't yeah. gotten to hug all of them. And, you know, 
I've talked with all of them, but you know, it's, it's just really hard. And I've, that was my first church to have to leave a ministry position in. And so if you get me talking about it too much, I'll still cry today. Like I love our Enola family, love the Mabelville family, but it's just hard to leave family. And so yeah, it was hard for sure. So what was it like? Go ahead, Noah. I was just to say, as far as probably I would say, you know, not the, the transition. I mean, obviously it was difficult. I mean, it was a difficult first coming in because, you know, COVID happened right in the first year. And so it's like when you're trying to adjust living together and stuff, there's on top of that, you're going to be, you know, you're with this person. Locked in a one bedroom yeah, apartment together. So there's all those things along with like that happening during COVID. But um, I think. The hey, Noah, can you hold on? I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Can you get a little closer to the microphone? Um, okay. I guess it is. Okay. Yeah, you're kind of fading out a little bit. Um, no, you're fine. Anyways, I said overall, I think the move has gone really well because we are closer to her family now. We get to have like Sunday lunches with them. They worship with us and um, part of the congregation. And I think that overall has, has probably brought us closer in a way because spending more time with her family and and having that time. And we're in a house and not a small <laughs> apartment, one bedroom right. apartment. So, you know, um, just everything about that has been, a, I think, a good move for us. Did you ever as a couple get overwhelmed by all the new, I mean, you had, you know, we had a new pandemic, you were newlyweds, you were starting a new church within the, within the first nine months. Did it ever become overwhelming? Don't forget a new puppy. Yeah, well, <laughs> got a new and, dog. Yeah. And she was starting a OT school, uh, a doctor program. Yeah. At the time too. New, new and, school. Uh, you had a new house. I mean, I was, I was writing my graduate thesis. So we got put through the ringer. And Cody, um, and we had several um, things going on that summer, some mission trips we went on. We got really sick. So, yeah, <laughs> we got sick from that. And anyways, yeah, we got put through the ringer. So um, it was definitely um, a, just like anybody who gets married knows it's an adjustment. Um, but we we definitely had things in which gave us plenty of opportunity to grow. Well, and it was funny because going into the marriage, I had told them I'm not good with change. I don't really like, like, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I can adapt, but it does stress me out and I need some time to change. Well, then it's like within the span of one month, there was a new dog, a new pandemic, new like structure of school, new church, like new living arrangements. It was all in one month. And I, I mean, now it was, it was a stressful. Yeah, and I'm very good to change. Like I can, I can it. change on a dime. So, that's, that's <laughs> so Noah was living large and Cassidy was freaking out. That's what I'm getting from this. <laughs> Yeah, I get excited when. No, it's like, yeah, we can do this and this and this, and I'm like still crying over here that we're leaving Mableville. Oh, and don't, don't misunderstand me. I was right. very upset about Mableville too, leaving right. Mableville. It's just I adapted quicker, I, quicker to change. Well, very cool, very cool. So, what was what was y'all's perception of marriage before y'all got married? And I want to start with Cassie since I didn't start with Noah. Cassie, what was your perception of marriage before you got married? Um, I was trying to think of this question because I've listened to your other two marriage podcasts. Um, <laughs> I, I feel like my parents gave me a very good understanding of what marriage is going to be like. Like they never sugarcoated anything for me. They were like, you know, marriage is a choice. It's hard work. 
there's going to be times where you don't like each other, but you have to show love to one another. And so I feel like I had a very good view of marriage going in. And I always knew like, for me growing up in the church and um, being a Christian, I knew that there's no divorce. That's not an option. We don't say the D word in our marriage. And um, so I knew that, you know, things get hard in relationships, whether it's your spouse or friend or whatever, there's going to be times where you miscommunicate or don't agree. But um, as long as you like are making the choice to love that person and to treat that person kindly, like you'll get through whatever. But um, yeah, I think, I mean, it's, it's pretty much what I expected. I mean, we have a lot of really good times and we have our challenges, but um, it's, I mean, it's work and it's a choice, but it's good. <laughs> what about you, Noah? What was, what was your, yeah, Cassie's last question now. Yeah. What do you think? <laughs> what do you think, Noah? <laughs> Hasn't it been pleasant? <laughs> I would say about the same thing. I feel like my parents gave me a very accurate picture of marriage, too. And I never went into it thinking it was going to be all blue skies and rainbows all the time. I read a lot of, you know, I'm, I'm a big book nerd, so I'm always reading books. And read several books on marriage, even before me and Cassidy met, mm-hmm. just in preparation for one day. And so, I mean, I never expected there to um, – it to be, you know, quote unquote, perfect or no challenges. And so I guess I had a fairly accurate picture, picture of that, but that doesn't make them any less difficult when you face them. Um, but I do think it did, has helped us knowing that we, you know, we did premarital counseling mm-hmm. before getting married and uh, I would recommend that to everyone. I mean, there's people who date five years and never do that. And I feel like they're missing something there because uh, it's so important. Uh, Jacob Mayfield did ours and the college minister at Robinson Center. And mm-hmm. I think that also really helped us. We had already thought about a lot of the stuff, but just talking about it with him, mm-hmm. I, I still feel like he gave us a, just having that counsel and having that third party really helped us think through um, some of those things. Again, not, not that <laughs> doing that has made it perfect or mm-hmm. that we don't still, you know, get in, you know, um, Cassidy calls a bickering or anything like we that. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but I think there's a big difference in satisfaction if you have expectation that that's not going to happen and that you're going to have this perfect marriage and a different level of satisfaction when it's like, okay, but this is normal. We're two people uh, who are broken in a fallen world. Um, this is what happens when two broken people come together. Um, you're not, it's not going to be quote unquote perfect. But um, it's in that effort for us to become one. I was, I was thinking about this today. I was looking at Genesis chapter 2 and kind of thinking about this. Is you Notice that the text, the text says there that two shall become one flesh. Right? You, don't, you don't come into marriage already one flesh. Like you're already mm. one. But that's something you become. And I think marriage in that way is a sanctifier. It helps us become more like Jesus because our flaws become more obvious. Um, because it's kind of like, you know, we're both sleep talkers. We both really didn't know we were sleep talkers. And the reason is you didn't have someone else in the room with you. (laughs) Marriage is kind of that way with other things, like other flaws is you didn't, like, I didn't realize I had so many flaws, but when I started living with someone, you know, Cassie pointed them out. Yeah, no. Well, here are yeah, your flaws. <laughs> Don't worry. Not I let just him, that, but I, I let mean, him know. there's times where I'm painfully looking at myself in the mirror because I know my flaws, I've seen it, our interactions and things like that. And so I think that's part of what marriage is for, is to have that person like iron sharpens iron. Yes. Uh, to realize, I mean, that's 
I, I believe that's one of the ways in which God designed marriage. Is if we're to bring peace and unity to the world, that starts in the church, and that has to start at the family unit. And I think that's the way God designed it. If we can't become one, how in the world are we supposed to help other people become one with one another and with God? Yeah, and I definitely think there's like growing pains with that. If you're going to become better, there's growing pains and you're learning each other, but you're also learning more about yourself and um, trying to be humble in areas where you can to like, you know, apologize and um, move forward and grow and try not to repeat the same mistakes. But we do, I mean, we're human. Right. Right. Hey, well, Noah, before I go on the next question, what were the books you read about marriage? What were some of your favorite ones? I wish I would have wrote those down. One that we read through together, and this was before our marriage counseling, our premarital counseling with Jacob, um, but uh, we read The Mingling of Souls by Matt Chandler. That was really good. And then... The Mingling... Oh, I'm I'm trying to write these down. The Mingling of Souls by Matt... The Mingling of Souls by Matt Chandler. Um, it's a book where he follows some Solomon and gives some of his own advice as application from some of that. Uh, I read, there's a, there's a book by Doug Fields, I'm struggling to think what it was called. I read through that. That was very practical. Um, uh, I, I didn't write any down. I've got stuff. Oh, it's all right. I was just but, curious. Yeah, I should have. I didn't think about that. I've got a I mean, premarital counseling packet and I've got several of that stuff written down or else I would have. I should have brought that. <laughs> now that you're married three years, or have been married for three years, has your has any of your ideas of marriage changed? Like since the beginning, like the newlywed phase? <laughs> oh, since before you're married to till now. I don't, I don't. Not for me, because again, I kind of expected it to be hard at times. Um, right. But uh, okay. What about you, Cassidy? Nope. I think that can make a big difference. Is going into marriage is you understand that rather than I think culture does us a big harm by acting like you know I heard you mention this in the other podcast the happily ever after mm-hmm. yes. stuff. But I think also the church we've done a great disservice. Yes. We're talking about the son is our lack of vulnerability mm-hmm. teaches our young people that a happy Christian mm-hmm. marriage does not have any flaws. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't bicker. Um, <laughs> they don't, you know, ever get mad at each other and have fights and everything's all happy and everything like that, which, you know, a lot of it is, um, but there's still that other side of challenge. And I think that's what, you know, Christian couples struggle with. I mean, any couple, but especially Christian couples, because they think, you know, well, mine's going to be different since it's a Christian marriage, quote unquote, but, um, nonetheless, there's uh, there's still those um, challenges with it. I think my expectations didn't change, like, from my perspective of what my husband would be like, but from what I would be like, yes. Um, before marriage, I mean, I'm a very people-pleaser kind of person, and um, I don't like conflict and stuff. So I think my view of myself as a wife, like, oh, I'm going to be the funnest wife. I'm going to, like, do all these sweet things all the time. And uh, you know, I won't really be mad at him for over things because it doesn't, you know, it's okay. Like he's cute, you know. And I feel like now, you, you think know, I'm cute? Uh, <laughs> it depends on the day. Oh, um, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, now you're distracting me. Um, but I, I mean, so I feel like in myself, I'm not that way. It, well, I mean, I try to be fun and I try to, you know, let things go when I can. But 
I am kind of a control freak sometimes and sometimes things don't go as I want. (laughs) And sometimes you can't. Sometimes something happens and it gets on your ever-loving nerve and and you love him, but he's on your nerve. On your last button, and he keeps hitting the button over and over and over again. Right. You don't know just... He hates it, but sometimes I'll say, "He'll." Well, I'll say, "I love you, but I don't really like you right now." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I would say the same thing for me as well. Is like it's more been on my side, like where you know, again, I knew I wasn't going to be a perfect husband, but nonetheless, it's challenging and difficult when you come face to face with that. And so I think that's where you know, we trust in the grace and love of Christ. I know I was going to say this is I think Christians should embrace the term rather than saying you're going to have a perfect marriage saying, because obviously that's unrealistic is say, we want to have grace filled marriages Mm -hmm. is because there will be challenges. And so the hope isn't to be perfect, right? Obviously we should always strive to be more like Jesus, just strive for that. But at the same time, I think the center should be grace is because that's, ultimately what I believe is going to keep a marriage together. Very good stuff. So let me ask you this. I'll start with Cassidy. Um, <laughs> do you believe in true love or soulmates? No. <laughs> um, okay. Why well, not? let me define, let me define soulmate by how I see it. Like very good. If I think of soulmate from a societal point of view, I think, um the person you're supposed to be with like the one um like they were the one designed for you and I don't believe in that um no and I've talked about this we talked about this before marriage and we've talked about this you know today we were um, discussing it because we figured it would be one of the questions but um we um sorry that's clean <laughs> um but we think that there's several people that um you could be happy with as long as your personalities you know are somewhat compatible and Um, you show kindness and grace to each other but um, I think um, that you can be happy with multiple people but love is a choice and that's something that we set in our marriage very early on an understanding of Um, Noah actually wrote a song to propose to me and the song's called I Choose You Um, and it's just about like well I'm because it's just you know you it's have not to... the Pokemon thing. <laughs> That's no. exactly what I thought of. <laughs> you started giggling. I'm like, what? <laughs> Did he steal that song I'm from me? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Ruin our marriage. I thought of I saw Ash Ketchum throwing out a Pokemon. I choose you. I'm sorry. That was tacky. You're, no, I'm you're sure okay. it was cute and sweet. It was very sweet. and uh, But anyway, that's been kind of the grounds of our um, what we believe about marriage and love is it's a choice that you have to make every day and um, so yeah, that's kind of our view on soulmate. Do you feel the same way, Noah? Yeah, um, definitely. Because I think if you do believe in it, like, I, I think if the soulmate is, like Cassidy said, if it's someone who is the only person you can be with, then, right, then we would be believing in predestination, which I don't believe in predestination. Ooh. Um, and and so I think, I, and when you say true love, I guess I would redefine that to what is true love. True love is a choice. I mean, it's, that's, God has chosen to love us and shows that and continues to choose us through the sacrifice he made for us and through his providential care. And so I think, quote unquote, true love isn't always being infatuated necessarily, although of course that's a big part of marriage is having that 
attraction and all that, but true love is, is choosing to make sacrifices for that person and to, uh, to be faithful to your covenant commitments. Yeah. Excellent point. I love the connection between the idea of soulmates and predestination. Great, great job, y'all. Good points. Um, so what do y'all bicker about? <laughs> <laughs> okay, listen, Cody. <laughs> well, can I tell him about the Mexico thing? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so when we went to Mexico, the kids. Oh, okay. Okay, so we were, what, three weeks into marriage, or maybe four weeks, four weeks into marriage, and we went to um, Mexico, Ciudad Victoria, Mexico, for a mission trip, and, you know, wasn't the best of places, but we had a really great time, and um, it was funny, because um, the little kids didn't really speak any English, but they started giggling at us, and um, we were like, what are they giggling about? And so we asked one of the Spanish-speaking women, who's one of our translators, I was like, what are they giggling about? And she said, um, they're saying that you two bicker like children. <laughs> we got <laughs> I mean, we just like banter back and forth. I guess it's more bantering, but when uh, we're tired or stressed, we tend to get on each other's nerves a little bit more and show less grace to each yep. other, which we try, we've tried to, you know, we try to get better at, and, but um, we do have something we're, we're working on, but um, something that we started early on, it, it's not good, but it is funny. Um, when we're ready to kind of apologize, we'll start it by like, well, I forgive you. Like we never start it with, I'm sorry. It's I forgive you. <laughs> Putting the blame on the other person. But we're, <laughs> we're trying to get better. And, you know, we, we have been recently, we've been like, okay, I am sorry. But then sometimes if we're still petty, we'll say, well, I'm sorry for my little part, you know, <laughs> I'm sorry for my tiny little yeah. piece of this. My, my, yeah. di- my little, you have a big part, which, but I'll apologize for my little one. <laughs> which, you know, the funny part about this, like, the reason why that's funny is because usually it's over the smallest things that have become big. Oh, like it's stupid. Yeah. Um, which, you know, I'm talking with a lot of friends. That's a pretty common experience. But, uh, so if you, I think, I, and maybe that's one of the shocking things is, you expect in marriage, the challenges would be like the really hard stuff, <laughs> but it's usually the petty stuff or the small yes. stuff that I have found. Um, and then when you look at it, you're like, why are we even disagreeing over this? Like, it doesn't matter. And, and so I think that's a, that's an area of growth and maturity that comes along that you begin to realize that like, oh, no, this isn't even worth it. What was the first thing <laughs> after the honeymoon, or maybe it was before the honeymoon, or maybe it was on the honeymoon, but what was the first thing y'all fought or bickered over? Okay, I'll take it because it was my fault. <laughs> so we really didn't fight at all when we were engaged, which doesn't say much because we were only together for a year. Um, but <laughs> the first thing that we really fought about, I, well, okay, so I had just finished a four-month course in at UCA for, like, health psychology, and, like, I had to work mm-hmm. out five times a week. I had to count every calorie that went in my mouth and I had a really unhealthy view of food at the time. And so when we got on the honeymoon and my husband got four scoops of cookie dough and that was 5,000 calories, it was 5,000 calories. (laughs) I just wanted to inform him that, Hey, whoa, don't you know, that's like 5,000 calories. That's like more than double what you're supposed to have on a whole day well he did not like that. And so that was our first fight. And I remember thinking being so defeated, like, Oh, what have I gotten myself into? <laughs> oh, 
I guess this marriage we're gonna fight about cookie dough. <laughs> hey, she wanted the cookie dough. I, I mean, did. I never even had it before. Like it's one of those like cookie dough. Like instead of ice cream, they give you scoops. It's of a cookie whole dough. scoop of cookie dough. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I want the large. And uh, I wasn't expecting to be informed how many calories it was. But... Well, I didn't want him putting on too much happy weight early on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So anyways, um, it's a very petty fight, but that was one of our first fights. We laugh about it now, but it was not funny at the time. It was not funny then. Mm, Nope. (laughs) Oh, that's great. Um, I want to ask you this, Cassidy. You, what, what, did you have, when it comes to being a preacher's wife, did you have expectations before you became a preacher? And do you feel, still feel the same way? Like, is there an added responsibility to you because you are the preacher's wife? Or what's that like? Um, so I'll answer this in two ways. So for being the preacher's wife on Noah's side, I think I was a little unfair in thinking, oh, he's a preacher. He's perfect. You know, um, he would never hurt my feelings. You know, he's so godly and he is godly. But, you know, I think I kind of had a false expectation on him to be like better than everyone and that just I mean it's not the case he's human and we're very open and transparent about that even at church like he's very humble in his sermons like he'll he'll, he's the first to say like I'm chief among sinners when I'm preaching this so he's very humble about his shortcomings but I think I had an unfair expectation on him um for my role as a preacher's wife um I love it and I, I knew that I would love it um like I said, I've always been really involved in church, love church, love everything, like love people, love talking to people, being there for people. Um, so that's just something that comes naturally to me, that part. Um, and we've been so, so incredibly blessed with the churches that we've been a part of. Neither In neither church did I feel like people had unfair expectations of me, whether it was like physical demand or like me personally. Um I've never felt judged by anybody and I'm very, very blessed in that because I know that is a struggle for a lot of women um, in this position. So, I I mean, I just feel so loved by my family congregation and, um, but I I mean, I I do put a little bit extra on myself, you know, um, but it's not something that's like not in my personality. Like I love to cook for people. I love to serve. And um, so, um, yeah, I mean, what, what do you think? <laughs> I don't know. I struck gold on that side. Of it. She, she, well, makes, she makes me look good all the time. Well, we laugh. Nola always says that I got the job because of Cassidy. And I believe it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm quick to throw that oh, sometimes. He doesn't appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> you would be here one for me. Uh, yeah. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> Um, our society and there are songs there are jokes there are movies there are all kinds of of media that make fun of and pick at (laughs) in-laws Noah what's it like living so close to your mother-in-law honestly it's awesome I mean (laughs) <laughs> no, she no no. no he it. means it. I mean she, it. Like, she's phenomenal. She she's the best person yeah, you'll ever meet. She's I've, great. I haven't lived my family and since 
I graduated high school. I immediately, that's like the day before my graduation of high school, I moved about an hour away from my parents for a church internship. Mm-hmm. And so I haven't lived at home for a long time, for a long period of time since then, which is, I don't want to calculate how long that is now because my <laughs> birthday is yesterday, yesterday and I'm coming face to face with the fact that I'm old now. Oh, and, man. Um, well, happy birthday. <laughs> oh, thank you. How old are you I'm, now? I'm 27. 27? Like That's I'm not 21. old. <laughs> yeah, he still thinks he's 22. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I feel like I still grad- just graduated from college. So, uh, oh, yeah. Six, six years ago now. Yeah. And, uh, but anyways, so it's actually been really nice, really awesome. We go over there every Sunday and uh, my mother-in-law lunch. cooks us lunch. Sometimes father-in-law grills something and. Uh, they're both great cooks, and so we enjoy that aspect of it. And they're constantly like last, take. They're constantly giving us stuff to take home and eat, and so just feeling in love from them and uh, getting to do stuff like uh, go fishing with Cassie's grandpa, or yeah, they live really close with too. Father, and um, you know that part been really good. Well, and with Cleo, we I mean he is our absolute baby, like mm-hmm. our four-legged baby. We love him, and my mom absolutely adores him, and she started like a gourmet dog biscuit company just for him like you know she spoils him rotten and she comes over to see him all the time so it's fun having her here and so close to help us with him sometimes too I will say our first year was kind of you know we're an hour away from any family um Little Rock the Greenbrier was the closest and I will say there were benefits of that being able to establish ourselves early on um not being super close to family so then we we had to rely on each other those decisions ourselves we just had to rely on each other more like now if you know I need a ride somewhere if my car's broken down I can call my parents they're just like 10 minutes away whereas in Mamel like we really had to figure that out for each other um <laughs> but it's great now you we've been established and it's great having the extra help <laughs> now Noah's parents don't don't you're, you're you're not from Arkansas are you Noah you're from Ohio Ohio I wanted to say Illinois but I was like that don't sound right you're from Ohio um with your parents living out of state, what's it like maneuvering and trying to plan holidays? Well, um, again, Cassidy's family is really good about this. It's pretty much understood if we want to go for a holiday to see my parents, that's acceptable because they get every week. With yeah, us. my parents see us every week. And so my mom was always early on telling his mom, like, no, y'all get holidays because, you know, we see them all the time, but y'all only see them a few times a year, which I'll say, Cody, I struck gold because my in-laws take us to Dustin, Florida every year for Christmas. So I, I, I hit the mother load in the family department. <laughs> Dustin, Florida, December, it's always it's like, nice, but in December, it's real nice. nice. Yes, not a lot of people Very. there. And right. Not too cold. Oh, that's awesome. Right, right, right. <laughs> well, very cool, but, y'all. But they're great as well. Yeah, and we still get to do holidays with her family. We just move it up a week or something. Yeah. Right. Move back, move around. It's just uh, very good. Good for y'all. Um, so, Cassidy, is there any advice that you would give um, a, an engaged Christian couple? Yeah, um, I get asked this question a lot, actually. Um, My biggest piece of advice is to pray together every night, even when you don't want to, because at least in our marriage, um, when we are bickering or um, having a rough day or whatever it is with each other, when you come together before the Lord, it has a way of humbling you because you can't go before your, your creator and not be humbled by that. And so every time we've prayed together, even, even though we don't want to, we make ourselves pray sometimes. And 
um, at, by the end of the prayer, when we're done, we're like, okay, I'm sorry. Like that was uncalled for, or I shouldn't have done that. And, um, so yeah, always, always pray together is my piece of advice. What about you, Noah? Piece of advice for married couples. Is that what the question was? Or like engaged couples. Engaged engaged couples. couples. Premarital counseling. (laughs) I think, I think statistics are something like, you know, the divorce rates around 50% and it goes up to, um, and I think it's something like 70% of couples stay together and the number goes up, like your chances of staying together go up um, if you've had premarital counseling. And part of that is, um, especially Christian premarital counselors will help you think through some of those realistic expectations mm-hmm. and teach you some of the strategies to, uh, you know, overcome those challenges and where to go when you do find trouble. And uh, just some, I, I think that was just, I do not regret doing that, and uh, the statistics are for it. So, yeah. Well, very good, very good, y'all. Uh, any final thoughts, Noah? No, I appreciate you inviting us, Cody. We really <laughs> enjoyed it. Yeah, absolutely. What about you, Cassie? Any, any final thoughts? Uh, I don't think so. This has been fun. Um, I know we we prayed before that we could give, you know, a realistic view of marriage because, you know, it's not all rainbows and butterflies all the time, but in a godly relationship, you're always striving to be better and get closer to God together. So it's rewarding. Well, hey, thank you. Thank you too for being on the show. Um, And thank you all so much for listening. Um, If there's any questions you have, you can email them to prairievillecoc at gmail.com. Once again, thank you so much for listening. And remember, all things were made by him. Thank you.